0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the We Got Balls podcast. I'm your host, Steve Trudeau. With me as always, my good friend and co-host, Michael Almeida. Also co-host, Amanda Pacheco. Guys, how are you today?
1: Oh, Awesome. Funny, I love the fact that we start our countdown at 30. (laughs) Can we go to 60 next time?
0: Every time I tell you, I have no control over this. (laughs) It's just what it is, man.
1: And every time I'm going to say the exact same thing.
0: Just be happy we have a countdown. We're that cool. He's fishing Trudeau, don't buy into it. <laughs> yeah, I really can't trust you. You're a liar, anyways. You and your circle, cake. still, I'm never gonna let that go, oh, anyways. My. Back to the proceedings. Luca Wolf with us again, reoccurring guest, good friend of ours, fellow Toronto Canadian. Luca, how are you, buddy?
2: I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on the uh, on the chat here, and I'm excited to have Roberto. He's wearing a uh a Real Madrid shirt right now.
0: I am great. He is a big-time European soccer fan, so he is perfect for us today because we are going to talk about the league that never was. That is the European Super League. Excellent timing, Emmanuel. Thank you, sir. (laughs) So I think there's a lot to unpack here, right, because European Super League doesn't mean a lot to Americans, right, because a lot of Americans don't watch European soccer. So actually, I'm going to start with Mikey, and can you just kind of explain to the audience who, who would be ignorant to European soccer, kind of how the construct is now with relegation and the different leagues with different countries? Because I think it's important to understand the basis of what European soccer is now.
3: Okay, so the way that European soccer works is every country has their own league. And within those leagues, there are tiers. So, for instance, in Italy, there's Serie A, which is the top league. That's the league. Serie A, to, Whatever. Same thing. So what happens is in this league, if you play poorly, you get regulated, you get sent down to the second division, which I believe all sports should have. And that's what people want and makes your owners Pay the money to get the best players. Thank God the Toronto
4: Maple Leafs don't have that.
3: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man. Kweishma, I already like you, man.
4: (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I feel bad. I I just had to. I had
0: to. It's like all Toronto. Jesus,
2: man.
3: So ultimately, um, that's pretty much the gist of it. You want to play well. You always want to be in the top. And if you win your league, you get invited to what they call the Champions League, which brings all of these teams together out of the best of the best to play each other for a big payout in tournament, which that's what you that's the ultimate goal. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much
0: it. Do you have any questions to So now we know what the system is now. I'm just going to introduce what the Super League is, and then I'm going to jump to Roberto to get his initial feelings about the whole thing because he is a diehard soccer fan. So the Super League kind of adopts the American sporting style to European soccer. So basically 12 teams would break off from their current leagues – Form this new league where there's no relegation the money's guaranteed you can't get sent down to a lower division you're always going to have a guaranteed source of income and that is seems to be very unpopular in all of europe they do not like this so this new super league is was supposed to be 12 teams six from the premier league three from syria three from la liga you have arsenal chelsea liverpool manchester city manchester united tottenham hotspurs ac milan inter milan juventus atletico madrid barcelona and real madrid there's been a lot that occurred over this week the league was there now it's no longer so let's just get the fan perspective on this thing roberto as a huge european soccer fan and clearly you are a real madrid fan i see you sporting in them right now (laughs) how do you feel about all of the events over this course of the week
4: um I don't know. Uh, from what I heard, again, I don't know too much about this, but uh, I heard it's all uh, basically the, for the rich to take over the the sport. Um, but you don't you don't hear Bayern Munich up there. You don't hear Ajax. Uh, there's a lot of other good teams that could be up there, but it, it uh, I think it takes away from the sport because you've seen the best of the best lose against uh, you know a poor division team as well. So uh, you can't just I don't. For me, I don't believe that they should just put all the top 12 teams because they could change any time, any time, at any given day. And that's why soccer is exciting. It, not always the best team wins, and you guys all know that. So to put all the best teams in one league, what does that? where does that leave the other teams?
0: Now let me ask you this. Now you obviously, like I said, are a big Real Madrid fan. Do you watch La Liga action and watch your team regularly?
4: Not regularly because my schedule's in, in timing, but yeah, I try to keep up. I watch, if I miss the game, I would try to watch the highlights and, and whatnot, yeah.
0: So one thing I find interesting is that, especially in La Liga, there's only about six games that matter a year, right? It's when the Liga plays Barcelona, or they play Atletico Madrid, or Atletico Madrid plays Barcelona. Right, The rest right. of the team, to be honest, they're just there to be there. They're not doing anything. For, bring, sure. Bring anything. So, For sure. For sure would it possibly entice you to have a league where your team is playing top tier teams every day of the week?
4: Oh, that's a tough one. That's a good one. Uh, the thing is, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw, I think, uh, Real Madrid, or it was a Barcelona maybe a couple months ago, they lost to, uh, like the, the lowest of the low, one of the teams at the bottom of the list. I don't know which game it was. That's what makes the game exciting. So it's, it's, it's hard. Like, I've, I, for example, I've traveled to games. I've gone to World Cups. Uh, I went to go see, for example, Chelsea versus Man City. And it was a boring game. It was 0-0. It was okay. It was no action or nothing. But everyone loves to see an underdog beat the, the winners or something. That's what makes the game so fun and exciting, you know, and it's hard. You know, yes, it's great to see Real Madrid-Barcelona. But that's why it's special to see it once in a while. It's like a treat not every week or not every three weeks. Uh, Oh, well, they're playing again, you know? know.
0: So uh, Luca, you're from the North American sporting style. Like there's no relegation in our sports. It's pretty much the teams in the league are in the league, no matter what, how do you take all this?
2: Well, it's, it's interesting because in the North American region, it's, it's, it's very, it, A, that's the way it has been for a very long time. And the North American fans are used to seeing it this way. And there's a lot of history with soccer in, 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 in the European region. And beyond that, it, it, the, the sport of soccer is so big that the different leagues help out and, and are targeting different audience members. So if you're in a small English city or you're in a small English area, What can get you to really go and vote for your team and really be a supportive character in that whole entire process is having to be able to hold your leadership accountable and being able to play against these teams uh, and be able to work your way up to the Premier League. I mean, that's why it is the Premier League. And the other point that Roberto made that was really that was interesting and also well said was those key matchups are real real important elements because they're key matchups you don't see all the time that's why they're special if you see the same teams going at it every time uh then you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to enjoy it as much as you would if you know it's coming in a month's time teams have time to prepare and they're special i mean you're not going to have you know you're not going to have a chocolate lava cake with every single meal you eat but if you know friday's chocolate lava cake day then you're going to enjoy that chocolate cake (laughs) a little bit more you know Mm -hmm. what i mean
0: makes sense (laughs) Yeah, so obviously, Roberto. I think from the feeling I'm getting is you are anti the Super League sort of construct. Luca, uh-huh. you've just you've just presented. You're, yeah, so you're you're somewhat against it. Luca, yeah. you seem to be against it. Mikey, someone who uh, does this for a living. You coach soccer. You're you're used to the idea of moving up and down different leagues. Do you like the idea of having consistency from like a coaching standpoint or a management standpoint? Do you like the idea of like, you know, you'll always be against these teams in this league? Or do you find it to be exciting, the fact that maybe you could be pushed down or up?
3: I don't like it from the standpoint of you're taking the best teams, but you're not allowing any regulation, right? And you're not only that, you're not truly the best teams if you don't have PSG or Bayern Munich. Um, You know, I would love to see it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh Coezmo will definitely I think support me on this see one of the Portuguese teams like Benfica or Sporting or Porto there you go in there as well um so I don't feel like what <laughs> that's not a super league without those guys also what kind of nonsense is this where there's no punishment for being bad right so if you're losing you're not going to always get the best players anymore right because it's that simple you need to play everybody get better see what players are out there to like for instance a lot of people uh
0: trudeau you know wayne rooney right yeah seven where he's a manchester united striker from back in the day england
3: yeah for sure so they would have that would have never happened and either would cristiano ronaldo with him being in sporting without man you grabbing those type of players and you don't see those players if you don't play those teams it's that simple so uh it just doesn't we'll we'll probably get into the next part of why the super league was created but being honest it just isn't it doesn't feel right not only that i also don't feel like the leagues like what they're based on soccer was based on little villages playing each other from everyday people this is not a rich man like henry over at liverpool coming in and making it a business this is literally people who have made this into their history in their everyday lives. So go ahead, so,
1: so, what about the fans themselves in the UK? Cause all I hear is nothing but like just negative about that. Everybody's against the super league. I don't understand how they can continue to go down this path, right? Uh, if the fans aren't on board.
0: So the reason why they can't go down this path and the reason why there's no more super league is that all the English clubs are sayonara. Um, they have all left because of backlash. I think there's a lot of ways to like transition from here. But before I move us along into more Super League talk, uh, Luca, did you have something to add to that?
2: Well, I think this may serve as a transitional topic, to be honest with you. But it's interesting because the way they attacked this Super League announcement, like I feel like so many companies can learn from this because it feels as if they weren't in touch with the audience that they were targeting. I mean, obviously, because it was a complete misfire. So this is why a lot of teams that I've noticed will leak rumors, unofficial rumors, but just leak rumors and be able to see the fan response. Is it going to do well? Is it not? And then all of a sudden, you know, that rumor is true or you can turn it down. I feel like there could have been a lot of ways that they could have tackled such a huge, huge announcement, but it felt like they just thought that they had the right deal and and put it out there and and now have to pay the price for it. But, I mean, it it seems like an idea that three Americans made it and just shot it out there. Like, it doesn't even feel like... It, was, it should have made it past the production meeting. So, again, you go, Trudeau, because you want to say it. But I feel like they, they could have figured out a better way to position this. It's such a huge announcement.
0: I, I wanted to talk about the money, but you made a point about the three Americans. And there's three owners in particular that's taking a lot of heat um, over the Super League. Uh, first, it's uh, the Arsenal owner, Stan Kroenke. Uh, he's an American. He owns the club. He also owns the LA Rams, the Denver Nuggets, Colorado Avalanche, and Colorado Rapids. So That guy has tons of money. Oh, my God. Uh, John Henry, who also owns the Boston Red Sox, owns Liverpool. And I don't know who the third one is. I apologize. I'm not brushed up with my research. But um, I find it interesting that the American owners are taking the majority of the heat on this issue. And I think possibly it's because that they're trying to take the European soccer model and adapt it to an American sporting model. So, Roberto, um, do you think it's fair that the American owners are taking the majority of the heat on this? Or do you think there's more blame to be passed around?
4: Uh, I don't know. You know what? <laughs> because it comes, it it, it looks like they, it's like a monopoly, right? You, whoever's got uh, the most money. But what happens when the Arabs start getting involved as well? Right?
2: We got a we got something jumping out. We're looking at uh, we're looking at some websites here. Yeah,
0: What's so that? not great for a podcast audience. Um. <laughs> But back to the back to the money thing, I think it's interesting that you mentioned Luca, um, you said, well, why would they do this? Like they, they should have expected some backlash. And in my opinion, I think they knew the backlash would come. A lot of these owners came out afterwards and said, "We didn't realize fans would be so upset, and that's complete bullshit. They absolutely knew what was going to happen. They knew that this was going to be very unpopular, but here's what made them do it. The founding 12 clubs were promised for. 0.3 billion with a B dollars. So each club was going to get $400 dollars just for joining the league itself. That doesn't include all the money year in year because you can imagine if you have these 12 dominant clubs in one league, people are going to be wanting to watch this league and the television dollars going to be insane. So this was purely a greed move by the owners of these clubs. They knew that there was going to be backlash, but I think that what they miscalculated was the backlash would cause sponsorship to be a little shaky about actually joining and backing them with the financials. Mikey. Trudeau,
3: to add to that, one of the reasons they did it was to tiptoe around UEFA and government restrictions so by making a super league they do not have to obey by any different kind of rules they set their own rules when it comes to them playing and then uefa the restrictions there that's where you're going to undermine them because you don't have a labor force you don't have any unions you're making your own
0: league like that's crazy so you mentioned the government restrictions, but as soon as these European teams from England started to form the Super League, Mr. Boris Johnson got in there real quick when the PR stunt and said, uh I am not letting this happen, because he knew it would be a very popular move for him, which it was, but I think that if the teams did form a Super League, there would be some very, very heavy... Restrictions and sanctions by the government. Go ahead, Mike.
3: Not only that, a lot of people don't understand if you actually pull back the financials. A team like Tottenham has a hundred and seventy-five million dollar loan from the British government right now to run to build their stadium to do what they have been doing. They hired a great coach and sacked him because of the whole decision. There's a lot of things that it, it seems like this. Okay, it just like us. All five of us wanted to make a Super League. We all own a team, right? Let's go get this. You see this napkin right here? Let's drop a plan, and this is our plan. We're not going to put it in. That's what these owners did. They said, let's put it on this napkin, and we'll be fine, and everyone's going to go with it, and we're going to make a ton of money. That's That was practically their plan.
2: I uh, The one thing I'm going to say just before the jumps in, but the one thing I wanted to say is, it's really interesting on two fronts. A, it feels like from what I'm understanding is basically you have a bunch of billionaires who've really not been said no very often. Don't take no for an answer. And they wanted this because of the pot of gold at the end. And whatever data they got saying otherwise, it looks like they just kind of pushed it to the side. Like, no, no, no. I'm sure someone must have told them that this could be as big of a backlash as it could have been. I mean, it can't just be that no one saw that coming, as you said, Trudeau. So they probably just put it, it went in one ear, went out the other, and they made the decision. The second thing I want to say is, does this not show the power of the consumer? Like when we want big corporations to change their way and to change what they're able to do, this proves that if the entire consuming population feels one way about it, To a certain degree, like, you know, when you say people against fast food, you know, if you want McDonald's to change the way that they do their burgers, just don't buy the burgers and they'll find a way to adapt to the consumer. This is a perfect example of that on a different scale. Whereas if you want something to stay the same and you want this not to happen, well, the power of the consumer was on full display. It It stopped billionaires getting more billions of dollars, one of the hardest things you can do in this society.
1: Well, and I just wanted to add because I'm watching all the news and, and all this stuff and, and I'm looking and it says, and this is a perfect quote, is the bonfire of greed and the worst announcement in football history is just some of the reaction across Europe. Go ahead. All right.
3: All right. So once again, it comes down to Trudeau, I'm going to do your favorite segment called leading the witness. Okay, buddy. <laughs> who are it. the who are <laughs> the two teams that pulled
0: out first? I have that for you. Unless Roberto, I mean, you've been you, you, you must know this. No. Uh, no, no,
4: I swear. I, this new league thing, I, I just saw a little bit on the social media, but I didn't bother paying attention because I I I for me, I don't think it's gonna happen go through, so I didn't even pay attention too much about it.
0: So th- I think their first problem before I answered this question, Mikey, is they didn't have all their ducks in a row. They clearly did not sit down with all 12 owners and say, Hey, shit's gonna hit the fan, but we gotta stand strong and form that wall. Because what happened was as soon as one or two Ducks fell, all the dominoes <laughs> fell, right? So the first two was Chelsea and um, Manchester City. And I believe uh, Chelsea, was it Chelsea that had all the fans get in front of the bus and prevent the players from getting to the game? Or was it Arsenal? Does no, anyone you have just, an answer for that?
3: You just literally hit it the nail right on the top. Listen, the reason they did it was Chelsea and Man City are two of the wealthiest clubs in the world. They are not like, no offense, Roberto, Real Madrid, who's billions in debt supposedly or Barcelona, right? That is why they pulled out. They don't need the Super League. They're making plenty of money. The teams like Barca, Real Madrid, the Spurs, and
0: not so much Manchester United. No one knows what the hell's going on Manchester United. So I want to actually ask, say something about Mikey and baseball and then jump to Roberto. But Mikey, you understand baseball and the idea of revenue sharing, correct? Yeah. So basically you have a couple teams like the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cardinals, um, the Dodgers, like big market teams that people tune in to watch. They bring in tons of money. And then you have these small market teams like the Miami Marlins or um, i trying to think of a, another. The Rays, office. the A's. <laughs> right. So you have the rich and the poor. And year after year after year with revenue sharing, the rich pretty much pay for the poor to be there. So basically the rich teams are bringing all the revenue dollars, they're bringing all the sponsorship dollars because listen, Roberto, you, you're you a Real Madrid fan. La Liga, people don't watch La Liga to watch, I don't know who else is in the league, but they, they tune in to watch Real Madrid, they tune in to watch Barcelona, they tune in to watch Atletico. And these very rich teams are like, you know what? We're tired of paying for the poor. And that's why, especially in La Liga, they bounced. And I think that, those two teams that are remaining, and before I jump to Roberto, there are still four teams that have not um, jumped out of the Super League. The teams are Real Madrid, your boys, Barcelona, Juventus, and AC Milan. And it's no coincidence that it's the Serie A teams, and it's no coincidence that's the La Liga teams, because those are two leagues that are very top heavy, right? And those teams are tired of paying for the poor teams. So I don't know. Have you have, do you have any feelings about that sentiment, Roberto, where your team is possibly bringing all the revenue dollars for some of those other lower La Liga teams?
4: It's hard. I, uh, you're, you're right. I'm sure they are, Barcelona and, and Real Madrid. But because in the end, you're right. The rest of the leagues don't really pay attention. Everyone's watching the highlights of what happened to Barcelona this weekend. They did... now, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico, they're a point away from each other. So, everyone's just focusing on those top three teams right now. So, and when they play, and you saw, they're playing Sevilla, they're playing all these, and even a tie makes or breaks, oh, shoot, now they're three points behind, one point behind. So, all people are care about was those top three teams. Uh, I've been fortunate, I've been lucky, because one of my friends is the GM for one of the teams in, in La Liga. And he's... Uh, Basically, I don't know if you ever heard of.
0: When is he joining the podcast?
4: <laughs> yeah, he's super busy. So what's, what's great? What's great is that um, I got an opportunity to go behind the scenes in Spain, and he told me the stress behind the and and so right now I believe there are, I don't know how many teams are in La Liga twenty.
0: Sure, your guess is fine. I th-
4: and I think they're they're are usually fifteenth. And Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, uh, is part is fifty one percent ownership of the team, and they're just telling me about how much there's so much politics behind, and they're just a Mickey Mouse team, like they're not. They've been relegated before. They're trying to stay on. They're, uh, and it's hard to to just maintain that 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 they know when they play against Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Atletico, that's when their stadium is packed. That's when people are coming into the watching their games at their own home uh, home uh, home field. So I don't know, like to to say, you know, what you mentioned about them going to another league. You know, I get it; they're paying for the rest of the league. But what are you going to do to the small small teams? Just say, okay, we don't need you anymore.
0: I think one of the more interesting elements, and I'll let Luca or Mikey chime in on this. I think one of the more interesting elements of this whole story is that sides that are traditionally the bad guys, quote unquote, so FIFA, UEFA, typically we look at them like, oh, these are the bad guys. Like they're doing terrible things. Like, you know how much crap uh, FIFA got for having their next World Cup in Qatar? Like, these aren't very, like, traditionally thought of as good entities, but they have found themselves on the right side of this whole thing. And now they are looked at as like, Oh, they're saving soccer when traditionally they are looked at as like the bad guys of soccer. So I don't think there's really one good and good side or golden side of this whole thing. I do agree with the sentiment that um, that traditional European soccer model with relegation and the different country leagues. Like I love it. I think that's what makes European soccer, a beautiful sport to watch and enjoy but i think it's interesting that fifa and uefa is like riding high in the white horse for this whole issue luca
2: um it's a good point that you touched on because yeah fifa and and uefa they're looked as bad guys um but they're bad guys that everyone knows you know what i mean there's bad guys everyone's comfortable with and that's the that's the population that is consuming soccer so now that you're going to take that bad guy that we know and you're now threatening that some other thing that we've never experienced before as a population, that's when people get uneasy, and they don't want to change something that they love, right? So, especially now when you can label it easily with greed, with money, and those headlines that Emmanuel read a little bit earlier, uh, it, it becomes it becomes clear as day that there's really no 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 no. no. I'm saying is that when Emmanuel was reading through the, the headlines on the internet when he when he did the 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 the, the, the screen share. Uh, you could see that it wasn't it wasn't accepted well, and again, that's because people don't know how it's going to be, and people also don't like changing something that they truly truly enjoy. Uh, and 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 at the end of the day, there's no way around it. But uh, it wasn't going to benefit everyone. It maybe would have benefited a few overseas people who didn't really watch it, but all the fans that watch it on a regular basis that are the number one consumer base of of uh, of soccer, um, there's there's no way that they they would have you know they would have liked to change what they truly love.
3: Luca, I just have a quick question for you cause I'm just curious about it. What bad guys are you comfortable with?
2: <laughs> well, no, but
3: no, but Like there's... which ones? Like well, Shrek? Well, think about it. <laughs> is Shrek a bad guy?
2: <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that you, are, you know what the issues are with that individual or with that entity, right? You know that it, you, you can you can have your ideas that it's corrupt or whatever, but you like the structure. You like the way things are as they are. You like the relegations. You like the revenue sharing. You like those elements. If you change that, you don't know what the end result will be, and that's what people are scared of.
0: No, I think that's a really good point, Luca. Um, You know, everyone's always comfortable with the same thing. They don't want this crazy change. Uh, And one thing that I want to point out is that, you know, while it was public backlash that really uh, started the bar rolling of destroying the Super League, we also have to look at the fact that this could have destroyed things that we love, like traditional things like the World Cup, um, it could have destroyed the Champions League, the Europa, things that we look forward to in the soccer world. Um, and I'll get you one second, Roberto. I know that uh FIFA threatened to block all of the teams, um, as far as if a player is playing on one of these Super League teams, you're not allowed to play the World Cup. So these are things that were punitive measures against the players that maybe force the players to not even wanting the Super League themselves. Roberto, what do you think?
4: That's what I was just going to ask. I heard that. So if you play in the Super League, you won't be able to play it for the World Cup. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. That was the threat by Come FIFA. On, and the funny thing is, you know what the uh, super team owner said? Well, we'll make our own World Cup with Super really? League players.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, th- like that right there, even as a professional player, I'm sure everyone loves to play for their country and, and, and whatnot. But to actually say, sorry, if you play in the Super League, you can't play for your own country in the World Cup. That's that's gonna, That would be tough for any player to swallow.
3: Shout out to the Michael Scott paper company, because that's basically the same kind of situation. Um, the other thing that I just want to add on real quick, and I know Trudeau, you want to get to a point, um, is this is messing with people's livelihoods. Think about all those merchandise stores, all those small pubs that are West Ham United, are Sutherland like you lose playing Arsenal, playing Man U, That's going to kill you guys. It's
0: not just – it's more than that. It's
3: more than soccer. It's pretty ridiculous, but that's just how it goes. I just want to
0: jump in before Luca got in there about the Michael Scott paper company because I think that's an amazing (laughs) analogy, Mikey. No, I'm not (laughs) shitting you because here's the thing, right? What happened in the office with the Michael Scott paper company? He left the office, started his own paper company. And Pam got a raise, Ryan got hired again, Michael Scott got a raise. So it worked out well for the teams leaving or Michael Scott and his company. I think what this does for those 12 Super League teams is now they have leverage, right? Because they go to FIFA and say, you know what? We can do this. Uh, we're not next time. Next time we're going to do it, we'll do it for real. We'll do it. I swear we'll do it. And when they negotiate in the future about, um, Champions League, Europa, there'll be special considerations for those teams because they want to keep these teams happy now because they know in the future these teams mean business.
3: So wait, does that mean Vikram is Chelsea because he bailed out at the last minute?
0: (laughs) Yes. Vikram was a smart one.
2: (laughs) Now the only thing I'm gonna say uh, is two is two points. A, I think the leverage is just gonna be they, what they're gonna to have to do, and this is why this failed. What did the consumer gain with the Super League? We know what it took away. We understand all the detriment. What did they gain? Not what did the teams gain, but what did the consumer gain? Can you answer me that? What did, as as I, as
0: I can, Roberto? I know as a Real Madrid fan, you're tired of watching your team. Whoop other La Liga teams six <laughs> no, to zero. No.
4: Never tired, never tired. You love watching
0: those blowouts.
4: <laughs> no, no, of course. I like I like watching close games. I like watching close you games. You like
0: watching close games. Do you yeah. love the Champions League? I love the Champions oh, d- League. That's
4: the best league. That's definitely the, the best. best time. League. Yeah.
0: Roberto, yeah. what if I gave you the Champions League every week? You get better soccer. That's what the consumer gets. You get better soccer, you get get better matches, more okay. excitement week in and week out.
4: Okay, which makes a good valid point. Okay, so now you took the best teams in England, best teams in Spain. What happens to the, the Spanish La Liga? What happens to the English Premier League? Who's going to be the, the number one team? Uh, the See, Wolves? Wolver- like, like,
0: that's who, the that, Those, those leagues would go down. So you know who wins? the neutral observer, people who don't live in Spain, the Americans win, the people in China wins, the people in India wins, people who don't have a say in their, like, so we have MLS, nobody cares about MLS, right? No one's watching MLS, so we could care less, right? But people in Spain, they're the ones really losing. People in England, the people who are supporters of uh, Wolverhampton or uh, give me another shitty uh, English soccer team, Uh, Hull City, you know what I mean? Like those are the guys who are really losing. Sheffield
2: United, baby. (laughs) Yeah, But but the worst part and why this was so hard to sell was those people that you said are losing are the people who are now funding everything that's happening. They're the primary consumer, right? We're not. I mean, I'm not the primary consumer. I would love to watch the Super League, but isn't the Champions League essentially a better version of the Super League? I mean, it because of the history, because you have to win your league to make it in, you don't just get there based off of credit and clout. It is essentially the Super League just regulated it is and something that you earn it's already there so i'm not seeing them filling a gap that if the soup if the champions league didn't exist okay i understand where we're coming from we need good soccer but because that's already an entity that has so much uh history behind it i don't see what the super league is really bringing to the table it's not there
0: so here's the thing luca i get the soup i get the champions league once a year for a couple weeks i this is my saturday morning routine for all the audience so i like to do on saturday morning i get up early I make some bacon. I like turkey bacon. You know, Two-hour workout. Two-hour workout. Make some turkey bacon. Okay, cook some eggs. You know what I throw on the TV when I cook my eggs and bacon? A little Premier League.
2: Keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, sorry.
0: A little Premier League. Guess what? I usually get the worst matchups every week in America. I get 4-0 blowouts that I turn on. It's at halftime, and it's already a blowout, and it's just garbage. I never get good matches. Now imagine if every week I got Real Madrid versus Juventus, or I got Manchester City versus Barcelona when I turned on that TV. That is why there was a real chance this would happen, but it didn't. So let's, 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 let's wrap this up in a bow, tie the bow, get up, move on with this. I want to ask you guys uh, one question before we go for each of you. We can all go through the room. Who are the winners and losers? from the Super League. Now, the Super League doesn't look like it's happening anymore. I think it's dead. There's four teams left holding strong. They're not going to hold on very long. But from this whole week of madness, who are the winners and losers? Mikey, you go ahead.
3: (laughs) The PR team? (laughs) Just all together. Those guys don't have jobs anymore. There's no chance after... You couldn't get a video of Messi saying, I'm excited to do this, or Cristiano Ronaldo being like, this is going to be a great challenge every week. There was nothing. Those those are the biggest losers. Those poor people do not have jobs anymore. And rightfully so. They were terrible. They were absolutely terrible.
0: Luca?
2: Definitely the losers are the PR team, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, this is going to go down as a case study on how not to make an announcement. But beyond that, I think that the big time winners are the small clubs. Uh, that Roberto mentions I mean those people who aren't packing out stadiums this is this is a lifeline for them and the only other losers I guess is going to be people like us on the other side of the world that don't really care yeah it would have been great but uh, but uh, you know outside of that you know I think the biggest loser Mikey's right that PR team for for this entire announcement is fired and they need to switch careers for sure
0: Roberto your biggest winner and loser (laughs)
4: <laughs> I, I, I don't think about winner. I don't know. I don't think there's anybody that wins in this uh, besides whoever gets the money. Unless they get the whoever gets the big bucks and it's all about the money, obviously. But losers, the fans, not everybody is a Real Madrid fan, Barcelona fan. So there's going to be a lot of fans that are missing out on that. There's going to be because a lot of people are diehard fans. They want their own country. I mean, their own city to win. They want them to beat these, these uh, big teams. So then also the players. You know what happens when there's players that are just really good, but they're not part of that super league. They're always going to be trying to strive to go into that league, I guess, right? So, but they're stuck in the league that they're at now. So, I I would say, yeah, the fans lose out. I say that some of the players lose out. So only the owners, basically the owners, in, that make all these what you said, four billion dollars. Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: Whew, those so, are the ones. That's it.
0: The winners and losers of this whole thing. The losers are the American club owners, John Henry, Stan Kroenke. These guys are public enemy number 1 in Europe now. See you later, they're going to be kicked out. At some point they're going to be forced to sell. The winners, here's the winners guys. Paris Saint-Germain, Dortmund, Bayer Munich. Cuz you know what? They said, "Now nah, forget you Super League." These guys are the top clubs in France and in Germany. And they got a chance to say, no, we're better than that. We have principle. They look like the knight in shining honor. They're the good guys. Everyone loves them now. They are the biggest winners of this whole thing. And before we get you out of here, Luke, I know you got to run. Quick question. And I want to ask you guys all before we, before we throw this Super League topic in the trash. Let's say they had the Super League, but the Super League had relegation. So instead of the Champions League, right? It was just the Super League. So if you won your individual country league, you get promoted to the Super League. Would you be in favor of that concept?
2: Um, that's, that's a different concept. That's a really good question. The only thing is then what would be the difference between that and the Premier and the Champions League? Would it just well, be the reoccurrence and the fact that there's more
0: football? It would be a full season. So you don't play yeah. in your you don't play in the Premier League anymore. You play in the top tier league of Europe. So instead of like the Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga A, it's the Premier League. That's what you strive for.
2: I think in a vacuum, that seems that seems nice from an American perspective, but you would have to take into consideration the ripple effect it would have on the rest of soccer. So, I can't do that equation now, but it, it, it depends on how that would happen and what would the soccer fans lose with that movement. But not, not a terrible, not a terrible. I think that's going to be, if they do it again, they're going to have, that's going to have to be the starting point of the very next conversation they have if they want to have it.
0: So, Luca, I want to thank you for your time, buddy. We always love having you. I know you got to run. I want to get a, on the podcast right now, I want to get a guarantee next week you're with us for a little Better NFL draft. It. Better believe it, it. I know people are complaining I got an old soccer comment on the Facebook chat. If you love NFL, tune in next week. NFL draft coverage. We got you. Luca Wolf will be there. He's the man from Toronto, our NFL expert. Peace out, buddy. Love (laughs) love you you guys.
2: Take it easy. It's great seeing you, Roberto. Hope to see you guys soon. Yeah, you too, buddy. Take it easy, guys. Bye.
0: Peace. Uh, Roberto, same question for you. If there was a reimagined version of the Champions League where it was legitimately a league where you get promoted to and relegated from, would you be in favor of that?
4: That makes things more interesting for sure. Uh, that does. The losers Be- for the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does make things more interesting. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I think we've talked at nauseum about soccer. I love it. Um, I'm a big, big international soccer fan. I had a good time. I'm sure some of our listeners press fast forward about a bajillion times to get past this. So let's move on to something that Emmanuel is loving and is all about. Because we haven't heard from him enough. He's our favorite Canadian. Now I, I can say that now that Luke is gone. Um, but Emmanuel, last night, we're recording some Monday. Last night was the Oscar ceremony. Sir, I know you watched it. And you were into it. Did you yeah, enjoy it?
1: I absolutely loved it. Well, again, I loved it and I hated it. It really wasn't an Oscars like you'd normally traditionally <laughs> about the oscars right or see the oscars but they did try to make it into this movie set of some sort um you know uh, overall i think they uh, it it was it 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 was a little bit disappointing on a few fronts like at the ending for those who who kind of watched it uh you know where you have anthony hopkins who won uh for best actor and he wasn't even there right and yet they had a perfect opportunity for chad bozeman to 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 have you know, just a really good moment for the country, for the world to kind of uh, talk about that. And, and it, it didn't happen. Right. So I thought it was very anticlimactic at the end. Um, we have to say, though, should I mention again who won the actual contest of uh, the voting contest, Trudeau? I think that's a fantastic idea. Fantastic. So the winner of the, so we had a poll that we gave out to all friends and family and people all over the world. And I have to tell a little story because I basically, I invited Trudeau and Trudeau doesn't like social media. He doesn't like to be on anything. So as soon as I sent it to him, he sent it back and he said, uh, yeah, I'm in no problem. So he, he filled it out. But then I sent him a note back. and said, well, now Google has all of your information and they're tracking you. And he says, No, they're not, because I put myself as being in France. (laughs) He literally did that. And so anyways, that's the other story. But he did win. Now, Trudeau, can you mention how you actually got all, like most of them right? Can you mention how you did that? I I I didn't specify the rules, but can you specify, tell me exactly what happened?
0: So I want to ask you a question as a response to your question. As we do our little big baller bucket segment about basketball, you know nothing about basketball, no, but what do you I, always say about basketball when I ask you about what team is good or not? It you, doesn't,
1: it just, it's the, the shine, the best helmets and the best uniforms. That's
0: well, you say, know. this is your quote. You say, I don't know basketball, but I know blank.
1: I know numbers. I know stats. I know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Bingo. Bingo. So bingo. What did you do? What did you do? So I just went to the Vegas betting site. And I found all the heavy favorites, and I just picked all the heavy betting favorites. That's the numbers. Boom. Winner, winner, chicken dinner.
1: Now, what happened, though, was that who came in second place?
0: So that is interesting. I feel terrible because your wife came in second place. Yeah. And And apparently, she did not look up the betting favorites. 100%. honestly from her heart and she came in a very close second and i feel terrible for beating her after she well i didn't cheat because there were no rules established
1: yeah no no you didn't cheat i'm not and i never said you cheated remember i all i said was that you you definitely took advantage of and it was the stats it was basically you looked at what the you know what what each one would be doing normally and you did the right thing. So I'm okay with that. Next time I'll just write the 45-page legal clause. Okay,
0: that's So all. let's throw this out to the group. Um, I actually want to talk about – let's talk about some of the hot um, categories that everyone can kind of mm-hmm. get involved with. Uh, I want to start with best picture because it's something that's – like it's the Oscars. It's the, the category everyone cares about and wants to know who won. Did any of you guys watch any of these best picture films? I've watched two out of the – one, two, three, four, five. I think there's eight. I yeah. watched two out of the eight. Um, so, Mike, have you watched any of these movies? Or do you want me to actually say what the new movies were? Sure. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say this is going to be a zero movie watch for you, sir. Uh, so the movies were Madland, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and the trial of the Chicago Seven. So, Mikey, have you watched any of those films to me that all sound like Derek Zoolander's like pitch moves and stuff like that?
3: Doesn't even sound like real movies. No, I didn't watch any of them. I almost did watch the
0: Judas one. You should watch that, it's a very good movie. It's a very good movie. You were too busy watching Pokemon and all your nonsense. <laughs> Roberto, have you watched any of those movies, sir? Nothing. I don't
4: have time. I'm super busy. I swear. Even, I don't have time.
3: can't even watch the La Liga games, let alone. Yeah, These exactly. Movies.
4: I have two jobs. I've been running around taking care of things. Yeah, family, no time. Do Roberto,
1: you know how hard it is, the is the man to be? Man I know. Yeah, he is the busiest man I ever know.
4: Do <laughs> you know how hard it is to
3: be Sean Penn's stunt double? Do you yeah. understand, Trudeau? It's very hard. <laughs> It's not easy. So you're doing a good job, Quezba. Keep it up.
4: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: oh, see, see, Myra thinks it was rigged. See, see, Myra, see. If yeah. if
0: by rigged you mean I knew all the answers, then yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Manuel, for you, did how many of those movies did you actually watch personally? Uh, so,
1: I have not watched Nomadland. That is on our list to watch. So we are going to watch that. Uh, so I've watched Minari. And the father, I watched both of those, mm-hmm. and I did like it. For that's anybody, all you've watched. We watched it completely. Those two, though, that's those it. Two. Those are the only ones I've watched. Wow. On the list is Nomadland and Judas the Black Messiah, and Sound
0: of Metal. Now I have to
1: watch. So those are the three.
0: So I I don't want to spoil too much, but with the father, I know that that won some awards yep. later on. But that seemed like a very depressing movie. Was is it worth the watch, or is it kind of just going to make me depressed? and I don't want to watch movies after that. It,
1: it's depressing, but uh, the reality it's a reality. Like it's. What, what movie was not depressing other than soul or other things in the thing, right? So most it was a de- tough, it was a
3: tough year for movies, man. You guys are really, you guys are really selling the Oscars this year and all those good movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, okay. well, that was one of the major criticisms was all the movies were extremely depressing. There was no uplifting movie yeah. as far as best picture is concerned. True. Now the father, I will tell
1: you it's a lesson for, so my kids, for instance, we have, I have elderly parents, right? So I have my, my father who's alive and, and he's elderly my mother-in-law and my father-in-law they're alive. And it's interesting to kind of watch that show, uh, that movie, and understand um, the the dangers of uh, of families losing touch with their with their family, right, with their elderly, and how that how it's their perspective, right. So I think it's a lesson, and it's something I would watch with the family. I would watch it with the family. If I watched it just myself, I'd probably it's super depressing. But I definitely would watch it with the family to to get some insights. And my youngest son watched it, and he did like it. So
0: that's all I have to say. So of those movies, I actually watched um, Judas and the Black Messiah, and I watched The Trial of the Chicago Seven. I mm-hmm. highly recommend both, Mike. You definitely check out Judas and the Black Messiah. The Trial of the Chicago Seven was really interesting. I watched because the one of the leading roles was uh, my boy Borat, Sasha Baron Cohen. And he yeah. was—he played a very serious character in that 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 movie, and it was—he he crushed it. He was great. I think he was nominated for a supporting actor role. Um, very good movie. I definitely definitely recommend that. Um, but the last thing I want to touch on before we jumped off the uh, Oscars, I know Mikey is super into the Oscars right now, so we'll try to keep it brief. But uh, the best <laughs> actor—they uh, actually changed up the Oscar. Um, how do I put it? They change up the Oscar order. So usually the, the end of the night, they end with the best picture. It's like the crescendo. It's like the, the highest honor, but they put best actor at the end. And the reason why they did best actor at the end was one of the nominees was uh, Mr. Chadwick Bozeman, who we all know has passed. Uh, he had, I believe, uh, was a bladder cancer or colon cancer. Yeah. But he's a super beloved guy in Hollywood. Uh, everyone knows him for as Black Panther. And he won the Golden Globe for, I believe, best actor. So the kind of the thought in Hollywood was maybe he would win the best actor at the Grammys, of well, Grammys, at the Oscars. Um, and spoiler alert, he did not. So, Emmanuel, can you kind of walk us through what yeah. happened with that last segment? It was very awkward and the production yeah. was, was oh. a, little,
1: a little rough. It was rough and it was very anticlimactic. Again, Anthony Hopkins, the father, nothing against him. He's a phenomenal, one of the best actors of our time for sure. But he probably doesn't even have space on his shelf for the award. He probably has won so many of them. And at the end of the day, um he wasn't he wasn't even there. Like he so he wasn't there. He wasn't there um virtually. So it was the academy's accepting it on his behalf. So it was one of these things where it was just very anticlimactic. And I said it before was they had a perfect opportunity to get Chaz Bozeman to have uh Chadwick Bozeman to have a, to have a, a, a unique moment. And they they messed it up, and and I think that that was um, that that was something. It's a it's a lost opportunity, for especially for the country that needs to heal, and and all these things that are going on in the world. I it, it, I think it would have been an amazing opportunity. And Trudeau, but,
3: before this podcast, we were talking about. I really actually want to get what your insights are
0: with that. It seemed like you were kind of upset about it. and I want to hear about it. So I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. I did not watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is the movie he was nominated for for Best Actor. Did any of you guys watch it? No. Have, have any Have any of you heard it before the Oscars?
1: I heard it, yeah, but I it wasn't on my list. It wasn't on my list to watch.
0: So it wasn't like a very prestigious movie that everyone thought would be a great movie. My point is that... Nobody knew anything about this movie, but we all thought that Chaswick Boseman deserved it because we love Chas. I love Chaswick Boseman. Let me, let me just go out the front of this. I love him. I think he's amazing. I loved what he's done as far as being an inspiration for young black people like little kids. being. They have a superhero in, in Black Panther. However, I don't think he deserved to win that award. His performance in that movie, from what I've heard from experts was not worthy of the award. I think that we all assumed he would win because of his tragic passing. And I, God rest his soul, like I love him. I, I feel you know my heart goes out to him and everything, but on the basis of merit and your acting prowess, it doesn't seem like he actually was the favorite to win that award. And I think that people presumed he would win because he was such a tragic tragic figure. And I did see a comment said that he did film the movie while he was sick. But at the same time, it doesn't matter that you're sick filming it. It's more of what the overall product was. We have to take the sickness aside and, and, and judge it fairly as what the overall product was. And if you've, you, you've watched it, man, you've watched the movie uh, The Father. And from all accounts that Anthony Hopkins was outstanding in that role.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, uh, w- by far, he was, he he was absolutely, and again, there was a comment about how he only won one other Oscar, and I wasn't uh, 100%, but again, he, he, it was, I thought it still was a good, it was a moment to recognize what was going on, again, I agree with you that you have to be judged for the moment, I have not seen the film, so I can't tell you if well, I agree or disagree,
0: so I have I, to
1: watch it and tell you.
0: I just want to jump in real quick, and that's my problem with the whole thing, Is like, I think there's a lot of people who've never watched the film. Yeah who have an opinion that Chadwick Boseman should have won because yeah. they love Chadwick Boseman. And I love him too. And I feel for you. Like I want him to like have that post post, what's the word post posthumum
1: postpartum,
0: <laughs> you know, like I want him to have that shine after death, but at the same oh, time, okay, 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 different. I, okay. I want, I want to make sure that we're doing this fairly. we are not just giving awards to people because they passed away. Yeah. That's my only point. So yeah. go ahead, Mikey.
3: I did have one quick question. Did they do anything for Chadwick like during Go it, ahead, May- in,
1: in in memoriam, right? It was he was the very last one in memoriam, right? And and Myra has corrected us it's a a post post I can't even say. posthumous post, post posthumous. Yeah.
0: I thought uh, that was the word but I was afraid to say it. I was afraid <laughs> to say it. it. Sound like She's the guy from me. Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> my he pop? Emily he was
1: correcting me. Postpartum is after giving birth. Yes, guys.
0: Correct. My Thank. English is suspect as is, and that's my first language. So if I don't get post posthumous correctly, you know what? That's probably not on me. All right. If you right. if you if my expectations was that high, my expectations were set way too high.
1: Okay. Was there now? This is. Uh, I do have one question for for were there movies in there that you felt um were standouts for you at all across uh, go ahead and i have a few i have a few but go ahead Trudeau.
0: um so the i loved judas and the black messiah i think that could have won i don't i haven't seen Land, so i can't judge it fairly to say what should have or should not have won i also love trial of chicago seven but one movie that i did not see that i heard is outstanding and i if i ever feel like i want to get depressed i should watch it i heard sound of metal is outstanding um so I need to check that out. So those are the three on my radar. Also, shout out to Stephen Ewan from The Walking Dead. I didn't realize he was uh, up for a Best Actor award from Minari. So shout out to him. Mikey?
1: Well, I, uh, go ahead, Mikey. Soul. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Soul. That, that, absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mikey. I have a comment on this
4: i
3: watched that movie it was very good it's exactly what kids need to understand um how and even like adults need to understand just to enjoy the small things in life and not you know take things too seriously and try to obsess over getting to a goal so fast and enjoying the journey which was uh Pretty good. So when I saw Soul win a couple, which my wife guessed right, so I'm
0: proud of you.
1: (laughs) Yes, that was the the one that she got right.
0: So before, uh, before you get in, I just want to tell you my experience with Soul. Sure. All right. Here we go. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why is it a bad movie? Let's pick up the joke. It was a good movie, but here's my problem with Soul is that I watched it, I babysat my two little nieces, um, and they were angels. No, they weren't they were nightmares but um they thought it would be a great idea to tell me every plot line in ahead of time so my room my movie experience was completely ruined because i knew the whole storyline within the first five minutes so i don't i don't have soul as that big of a deal in my heart because it was just completely ruined
1: okay so i have a different experience and again i so i we actually have a personal friendship with john baptiste so Jean-Baptiste is the score, the actual musical director for the, the show. Uh, and because of that connection, I paid attention to it a lot more. I loved the music of it. I thought, and it was a, not only the story, but I thought it was animation was on point. And also the actual music on it, I thought was amazing. I thought it was really well done.
3: So did you watch it with Daryl Morey or did you guys think I <laughs> I knew you'd
1: say that? I knew, <laughs> I knew you would say that. I knew you'd say that. Do you text
3: Daryl Morey about the circle, or how I does said, this work? Now? Oh, don't like don't, I want to
0: segue. I wanted to segue don't you get me star on the circle. But before we get to the no. circle, I feel like our good friend Roberto has been left in the dust. He doesn't. He has no time for this Oscar <laughs> shenanigans. He barely has time for his his famous La Liga. Okay, Roberto. Yeah. I've never done this on the podcast. A wild card, man. What do you want to talk about? Like, what interests <laughs> you right now? Usually for the audience, we usually do this pre-show to ask the, the guest, like, what is interesting you for the week? Or like, what are you excited about? Right now we're doing it live on air. So hopefully this is a good good answer. Roberto, what's going on, man? What excites you in sports or entertainment or the world? COVID-19? That's not no, exciting. No, no, no,
4: no, no. <laughs> of, I don't know. I, I, I follow, I just go with the flow. I go with the flow. You want to talk about Oscars? I talk about Oscars. You want to talk about soccer, soccer, anything? I'm good. I'm good.
0: Excellent. So we'll talk about the circle. Let me tell you about the oh circle. Oh my god, Roberto. Jeez, the what?
4: The what? It, it's basically ah, a way no, to join up. his cult, Roberto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, Roberto get bro, bro. ready for the cult,
0: <laughs> Emmanuel. Explain the circle to Roberto. (laughs) (laughs) So the circle is the stupidest show that I've ever
1: seen on TV.
3: Wait, Emmanuel, you want to get your Google sheet up real
1: quick.
2: I already got it up. 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 up.
1: So we have watched it. We're in episode six or seven, I think. But um, uh, so the circle is basically a virtual app uh, show, right? So it's basically none of the... Uh, contestants get to see each other. You are vying for a hundred thousand dollar prize. You get to uh, interact with this circle app, which is your screen in every single person' apartment. Which is they're all in the same building. You can be yourself. You can be somebody else. You can do, and you basically just have to become the most popular there, uh, and not you know not voted off. Basically, so it's it's like that, and it is the stupidest. Show that I've ever heard, but it's super addictive, and I can't, I can't look away. And now I have to blame Trudeau because now my daughter, Jenlyn is watching it and is completely addicted to it. And Myra watches it, and she's the other day I said I can't watch this anymore, and said no, let's put it on, let's go watch, let's watch the next. And we've now made it to to episode six, I think. Do not tell me who wins because I do not know.
0: I will not. But do you have any regrets as far as watching the show? Where are you happy (laughs) of your decisions?
1: Yeah, well, the thing is that it, it just reminds me so much. Oh, here, here, look, my wife. So this is Myra. This is Myra. So stupid. You want to keep watching to see how much more stupid it gets. Okay, this is Hallelujah. very. True. This is very true. Okay, so I have a go a ahead
3: question for Emmanuel. Emmanuel. So, what was more depressing, watching the sound of metal, or when you are? You know getting ready for bed at three in the morning because you binge watched four episodes of The Circle. <laughs> no. Which one do you feel
1: more bad about? I, I feel worse, I definitely feel worse about watching The Circle. And we do, we have watched it like two episodes at a time, but then we pretty much cut ourselves off.
0: Okay, what's the line from uh, from the movie, uh, Good God, I'm Blanking? Uh, the one, the, uh, Brad Pitt, the whole... what? what? The hell? You're
3: talking about Wolf of Wall Street,
0: and it was Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Who (laughs) was it? Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. My bad. Oh, God. I always mix those two up. But anyways, what I was going to use is the line, those are rookie numbers, two shows in one night. Have you done four shows? Have you done five shows or six shows no, in one night? No, how, how did he beat you guys in movie things? He didn't
3: know Robin Williams is good at <laughs> hunting. <know>. he's got <laughs> this one coming. This I don't know. He's got a super okay. computer somewhere. I
1: numbers. It. Okay, <laughs> I got. I had to ask Roberto though. Are there any TV shows or Netflix that you're watching now? Because I'd always want to know kind of what you're watching in the background.
4: Really, for yeah. me, uh, uh, I think at one point I was watching um, o- Ozark. Oh yeah!
3: Them? Oh, that's a good Whoa. show. That was I,
4: I, again. I so I don't like watching. You you got you're talking to a guy that I don't like watching shows, movies, not because they're not amazing, is because they're addictive. So wow. I'm gonna binge and I'm gonna watch one, and next thing you know, there's ten hours that went by. I just wasted my life watching. People act on TV and guess what? I sat here with a bag of chips or do whatever. So I try to avoid watching all these amazing shows. I try to like go exercise, see friends, live a life. Cause I'm telling you they're doing show after show after show just to get you guys hooked. And it works. It works. So last thing I saw was Ozark and you know what? And people try to get me on all these other ones, uh, money heist and, uh, all these other wine I was like, no, no, no. I don't even want to try. I don't even want to try.
1: So Trudeau, how do you feel about your life now that you've heard <laughs> Roberto? Talking I about said,
0: it? where's my dealer at? Right? Cause I want <laughs> some more. <of> that shit. <laughs>
1: and, yeah. So again, I'm not big on reality TV shows, but it is, it is actually fascinating because it is kind of, a uh, it's, it, it is kind of a show for the times and how superficial a lot of things are and how interesting, um, the, the, all of the different social media ad, uh, addictions can happen. And this but is part of it as well.
0: I think there's an interesting lesson in the circle. I don't know how far you've gotten, but the people who are catfishing and being dishonest yeah. seem to be getting kicked off the show. And the people True. who are the most honest and genuine seem to be liked the most and make it the farthest. So there was a lesson to be learned is to be yourself and they will love you for words.
1: Yeah. And it's the short term gain is not going to win right because at the end of the day i think it it, it does um and we're seeing this already and kind of halfway through the show like uh, the one that i immediately fell in love with was shabam right so true right? so and uh you know he was the one that i i loved and and he was the most genuine right
0: how, how do you feel about joey
1: joey uh, again joey is uh your typical european lives with his mom mommy's boy uh, you know, so I, I I thought he was very genuine as well. So I liked him. I like Joey. But so know.
0: I ended up by starting the show and hating Joey. I was like, please get really? this guy off. First episode, he is the worst. He, Mikey, for you, you don't you haven't watched the show. Emmanuel did a terrible job explaining him. He is <laughs> he is Paulie D, Jersey Shore oh, Joey. Yeah. He yeah. is the worst. But you end up by loving him because he's so genuine and so nice to everybody. And But before you get in, I think the another element that you need to realize about this show, and I think this is really important about the show that teaches you a life lesson, is that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Because I saw this guy, I'm like, this guy is a complete douchebag, and I realized during the show he's actually a really good, nice, genuine person. So it it teaches you a lesson that looks in the first appearances, you know, there's more to people than just a picture.
1: Completely agree completely agree and i did again i did like joey just because he was very loyal to shabab right shabam so that that's <laughs> i feel like you give him a new name every time <laughs> it's Sh- Shuby Shuby okay go ahead go ahead mikey
3: what happens if, if he's really just catfishing the audience
1: oh <gasps> yeah oh that's you know, a, what, I'm gonna, gonna, chess. I'm gonna actually search him now, and I'm gonna be part of his social media. <laughs> and let's do it. The circle as part of this. I think we should just do that exactly.
3: Emmanuel, I want you to text me when you're about to watch the last show because I'm gonna tell you who the winner is <laughs> just to just to do it to you.
1: <laughs> I love this from somebody uh, that just uh, that just commented based on season two reactions so far. Did you really learn that lesson, Steve?
0: What do you mean? I don't know.
1: Explain. Floor is yours.
0: So I said don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Everyone that I hated to start, I still hate. Okay. So, yeah. (laughs) We'll get to see. When you get to season two, we'll talk season two. Season two, they turn the knob, like, all the way. Like, it is crazy and bananas. I have Um, to.
1: Do I have to get to season two? Like I I
0: well, I mean, I say it's it. worth it. It's, it's pretty crazy. But we're talking all this TV stuff, and I wanted to get Mikey involved because he's been kind of quiet. Um, Emmanuel, <laughs> two podcasts ago, told you about this show about baseball called Brockmire. I know you've been watching oh, yeah. it. Uh, and uh, our good friend Jimmy Gilchrist has also been binging it since you recommended it, Emmanuel. So, Mikey, how have you enjoyed Brockmire so far?
3: It is fantastic. We're yeah. only through season two. And it's kind of getting a little redundant, but the first season was amazing.
0: Yeah. Like really, really good. Very um, rusty.
1: very rocky, though, very rude.
0: Sorry. Love a dog, love the dog appearance. Um, but Mikey, actually, if you're interested in Brockmire and like Meyer as a concept, uh, he actually has a podcast, Hank Azaria, the Brockmire Podcast. And he actually interviews famous people. Like he interviewed Charles, Charles Barkley on one podcast episode. Um, and he does like the whole, sh- the whole spiel of being Meyer, So it's super funny. Um, definitely worth the listen. So if you're listening to the podcast, I would definitely recommend check it out. Uh, it's a Meyer podcast, but uh, yeah, I've heard good things about the podcast. Mike, i the podcast, the show, Mikey. We got to get him on. <laughs> how do we get, how do we get Meyer on? He might right? be a busy man. He might be a busy man.
1: Yeah,
0: he's a busy guy. Well, so is Koeshma and he's here. What's the excuse? Yeah, yeah. We got. Hey,
1: you get Roberto, yeah. we get Roberto.
4: I was just gonna say I gotta go, but I didn't know how to leave without being rude. Oh, sure,
0: Roberto. <laughs> Point Roberto. Roberto, we'll get you out in this, man. Who is winning La Liga this year?
4: Oof. I think it might be uh Atletico Madrid. Suarez. What you're gonna? Yeah,
0: you're yeah. gonna. You're gonna just betray your club, Real Madrid, and say a different I,
4: club? I, it's obviously a, uh, I'm just going by just feeling a hunch and and the last couple of games and yeah, obviously I want my team to win every year, no problem. But I don't know. I just feel with Suarez moving to there, it's almost like uh, it was meant to be, especially against Barcelona and so close, being so close.
0: Well, we appreciate your honesty, Roberto. I want to thank you for being with us today. When we talk some more serious stuff about European soccer, we'll have you back on, buddy, okay?
4: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Thanks, Roberto. Guys. All right. Have a good night. Take care, buddy. And then
0: there was Oh, three. I'm back. Ah. <laughs> the three musketeers. We are back. Uh. So before we get out of here, I want to actually throw Mikey a few bones. Uh, Mikey, baseball. What's up? Baseball. I'm, I'm always ready to talk baseball. <laughs> I know. I had two questions for you. Uh, I wrote down for the pro, the pre-show meeting. Uh, first, okay, do you consider a seven-inning shutout a no-hitter? No, I don't. It just doesn't
3: feel right. <laughs> it's just that simple. No.
0: Because I, what do I you believe think? someone from, uh was it Bauer? Or no, who no. do you know? Who did it this weekend?
3: Uh, uh Musk. No, Musgroves was a full nine innings, so it had to be a doubleheader. It yeah, well, was someone sure. a doubleheader
0: that threw a seven. Was innings. it Jolito? No hitter. From the White Sox. No, I'll look it up. I'll look it up while we talk. But so you don't believe that it should count as no hitter, even though he pitched the whole game without throwing a hit or you know getting a hit off him. Uh, it just doesn't seem right. That's like
3: you know, winning a basketball game in three quarters, <laughs> just being like, nah, we're not going to play the fourth quarter.
0: It's cool. Just doesn't seem right. So it was Madison Bumgarner. Oh
3: God. Yeah. No. So now
0: it doesn't count for sure.
3: <laughs> it definitely doesn't. I was listening to a podcast where they did um a, uh the Diamondbacks and the A's did like this co-show and it was, oh my goodness. They were just, Teeing off on Gartner. they were like whatever we. They wanted to trade the guy after giving him a five-year deal for whatever they could and still pay him just to get him out of the rotation. So no, absolutely
0: not. All right. So my second question for you for baseball: you watched the Dodgers-Padres series this weekend? Yes, that
3: was very painful.
0: I mean, there were some very good games in that that series. It was painful. It was great for the Padres, but the ending results
3: was not great for the Dodgers. So it's painful when you root for the team that loses.
0: So did you see the controversy between Bauer and Tatis about a particular crotch look thing? The eye thing are you talking about? or No. You- so a- after, uh, I believe, the second game where um, Tatis had a big home run, Bauer uh, insinuated that Tatis was peeking down and stealing signs from the catcher and stealing signs from like the crotch where he's throwing the numbers down there. Did you see that at all?
3: I didn't see him turn. I definitely heard about what he was doing, but why not like change the signs? Why not get your catcher out there for a quick meeting and say, hey, listen, throw me that we're going to throw the slider, right? And then throw a damn fastball right in. So if he leans to the plate, and I don't want anyone to get hurt, especially Tatis, he's great for it. But that just proves the point that stop being lazy, Dodgers. Change your damn signs. The Astros already did it to you. The Padres are doing it to you. Change your freaking signs, even to see if it's true. But hopefully next time the Padres come back to town, which is not going to be for a long time. That's what kind of sucks about this, right? Because the Padres just took three out of four, and we're not going to see them. Well, I'm not on the Dodgers, but as a fan, I'm not going to see the Dodgers play the Padres. So they they basically have the glory right now, even though they're three games back. Manuel,
1: your thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts on what? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to give... I've been trying to give Mikey signals all day long, putting my hand <laughs> near my crotch, and he still hasn't picked up.
0: Well, hey, I, wait, I, wait, yeah, wait. yeah.
3: Can Trudeau? I want to play a quick game with uh with Emmanuel, and you can help oh, me no, out no. here. Let's name a sports franchise and see if Emmanuel can name where they're from. Okay. Oh, I, all that. right. I don't know. Emmanuel, where are the Braves from?
1: Uh. Well, baseball. <laughs> right, Atlanta. Atlanta Braves.
0: Okay, ding ding That's ding. That's good Got start. Ding, ding, ding. The Grizzlies.
1: Wow, Grizzlies. I don't know. Grizzlies,
3: <laughs> just guess
0: Vancouver. Just Vancouver.
1: say Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> Grizzlies, no, they used to be in Vancouver. They, yeah, moved. but it's not now. Grizzlies, no, I, I have no idea. no idea. Basketball, just basketball? try guessing. It.
0: That's basketball. Basketball, basketball?
1: It. Oh, Grizzlies. Is it uh, is it Washington? No. right. Sure. Okay. No. No idea. Go. No oh, keep going. Keep going. Memphis. I think it's
0: Memphis. Did you look okay. that up? Someone's <laughs> teaching. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's a yeah. Memphis. Someone's, someone's telling you the answer.
3: Okay. The Chargers.
1: Chargers. L.A. Chargers, <laughs> and it's. Oh, okay. uh, uh, wow. Ding, football, ding, ding, football.
3: ding, ding.
0: Football. All right. Trudeau, Trudeau, you're up on this one. <laughs> Should I give him the hardest one I can think of? Hardest one. Yeah, Go. yeah, yeah, give him the Not hardest one.
1: Anything? No, He no works
0: Google. for he works for Google,
1: My right, Google's right. So here. you get
0: the microchip in your head already?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've implanted it.
0: So. <laughs> the Spurs
1: uh Spurs is basketball for sure. Okay? And it's uh You get what? no point. No, no, he's he's, he's looking cheating. it up. Yeah. He's, no, looking he's looking it up now. Okay, hands over it. Hands over it. Uh, Spurs, see? look and, how much
4: confidence uh, has been gained
3: from this man. I,
1: I know this. Uh, Spurs, and it's um San Antonio Spurs.
0: Yeah, someone's putting the give you the no, answer. No, okay. I can see your eyes in the Zoom room, just like moving around.
3: The Browns, the Browns, the Browns.
1: The Browns. <laughs> That's what I did in washroom the other day. I don't Stop. know. Show
4: us your hand.
1: The Browns. <laughs> I don't know. No, I have no idea. The Browns. I've never heard of that.
3: Just guess. What? What? What,
1: what sport? What
3: city, it? town, Browns, village?
1: I have no idea. Damn it, Emily! It's... Stop giving him answers. I need Emily. Emily. Cleveland. Of course, it's Cleveland. Of course, uh. it's. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Wait, wait, <laughs> oh, what sport is it though? I don't even know what sport it is.
0: It's football. football.
1: Oh, football. Okay, yeah, I don't. So know.
0: we're really speaking. Yeah.
3: whoever's listening
0: this is going to be great to show you what we're going to show you guys for the draft preview this is excellent so speaking of football tune in next week we're going to do nfl draft uh you know review we're going to have luca wolf on jimmy gilchrist is going to join us so we'll have some actually competent people and emmanuel (laughs) oh oh (laughs) love you buddy uh so definitely check that out next week uh, I want to thank you guys for listening, uh, watching on the Reddit, on the Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitch. Thank you guys. Remember, rate, subscribe, review. Check us out on Apple, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, where, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there. We Got Balls Podcast. We will, we do this thing once a week. I am Steve Trudeau. With me, Mikey Almeida. I'm Emmanuel Pacheco, The Three Musketeers. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out.